Thank you for joining us for a life-changing message at Mount Hope Church in beautiful Gaylord, Michigan. Our prayer is that this message will strengthen and encourage your walk with Christ. Please enjoy this message. My name is Greg Jackson. Um, I'm 50 years old. I'm from Muskegon, Michigan. Um, my um, testimony starts, you know, I'm, I grew up in a, a loving Christian family. In fact, I'm a preacher's kid. Um, so I started out going to church. I knew the Lord. Well, I didn't know the Lord, but I've been around the Lord, knew Bible studies and all that, but I just didn't have the Lord in my heart. So as I grew up, um, I started to have a rebellious nature in high school, starting to rebel and hang out with the wrong crowd. And of course, my father wasn't liking that at all. So um, he decided to ship me off to the army where that behavior continued. I continued to be with the wrong people, hang with the wrong crowd, and to eventually, after two years of service, they gave me the boot. Um, feeling utterly um, embarrassed and ashamed, my father, we reconciled at that point and he allowed me to come back home. I thought that I had got it all back together. I started to work, um, eventually meeting a young lady that um, we started a family, ended up having three kids. So for a couple of years, I was doing pretty good. Um, and one day I came home from work and found out that I had lost all three of my children in a house fire. And when that happened and seeing that whole event just, um, just, just took me down so, just took me down to the pit. You know, I, I utterly turned my back on God and just went on my own way and just in a more destructive path. The devil just was leading me on a more destructive path in my life. Um, the ages of my children were 11, 8, and 6, and it was just such a traumatic event for me in my life that I, I just saw the enemy, the enemy used that, it just covered me up, and I just continued to go down the path of drugs. I just, I really wanted to die, and I was just putting myself on a course of slow suicide, continuing to use drugs and do things like that until finally... Um, it, it caught up with me and I got shot five times. Um, I got shot uh, once in the chest, three in the back, and one in the head, and two bullets still lodging in my body, one in my head and one in my back. But the Lord kept his hand on me, and <clears throat> just kept his hand on me, and um, I, still I still didn't answer the call at that time. Um, I, I continued to do destructive behavior and um, ended up inside of institutions and jails for a couple of more years and it wasn't until the passing of my mother that it was just that was just a straw that broke the camel's back I was just like Lord I, that's that's it I, I need to turn my left turn myself around so somebody introduced me to teen challenge and I've been here for four months now and now that I have a peace and joy in my heart that uh, I, I don't know what if it wasn't for God, I wouldn't be standing here. You know, I think that I'm a living miracle, and God has had His hand on my on my life, and and I hope that the Lord, you know, and I, I, I do mighty works for the Lord. That's what I hope to do, and I, and I just thank you for hearing my testimony. Good morning, church. Uh, this is my first time doing a testimony in front of a lot of people, so bear with me. Um, my name is Paul. I'm 26 years old. Uh, I was born and raised in Springfield, Virginia, outside of Washington, D.C. Um, I had a, a very loving family growing up, too, but I always had um, something missing in my life. Um, 
I made a lot of bad decisions coming out of high school and ended up uh, dropping out of college and going to trade school and just getting into work. And uh, I ended up moving away from home and everything I knew. Uh, I moved to Pennsylvania for a while. And um, yeah, that was just uh, another, uh, another instance of me running from the problems that I was creating. Um, so I, um, I ended up, my decisions caught up with me and I started to get into some trouble and um, ended up in jail a couple of times and, and in hospitals. Um, I, uh, I used to think that it was just my decisions catching up with me, but I'm coming to realize that it was, I think it was the push that the Lord was giving me to um, change my ways and to, to find something that I could uh, sink my teeth into. And um, I came to Teen Challenge about three months ago and I got saved within a week of getting there. Um, and I, I'm probably the happiest I've been in a while. My face lies, but I am happy. <laughs> so, uh, thank you for hearing my testimony. I'm gonna end with that. Hi, everybody. Uh, my name is Bob. I'm 46. I'm from Pittsburgh. Uh, my story starts uh, at the young age of 11, in between 11 and 12. Uh, I was molested by a minister uh, for the better part of a year. Um, it was at that time I started uh, uh, dabbling in alcohol uh, to kind of cover all the, the feelings I was having, hate, shame, guilt, um, just pain in general. Um, I lived the, the next 32 years of my life uh, uh, just living in sin. Um, you know, I progressed from alcohol to marijuana to cocaine and, and harder drugs, methamphetamines. Um, I, I destroyed relationships along the way, a marriage, um, uh, family relationships. Um, it, it, uh, drugs takes a lot away from you and uh, it saps you and uh, it's the devil incarnate. Um, and so 32 years go by um, and I was living a I was living a falsehood. I had no faith in God. In fact, I blamed God for, for everything that had happened to me over the many years. Um, and so I lived a faithless life until about four years ago, I got into a church. Uh, some, a friend of mine talked me into going to a church finally. And when I walked in and the worship team came out, I was, I was instantly saved. I, went, I wept, I mean, right there. Um, you know, I had realized at that point that, you know, it wasn't the man, you know, that, that, that uh, it was the man that did it, those bad things to me. It wasn't the faith. And, you know, I'm so grateful that I was able to go into that church, you know, four years ago. But uh, it brought up a lot of my old mess that I hadn't dealt with for 32 years. So um, I, I went down a dark, dark path and... Uh, um, it ended up, uh, I almost OD'd on, on several occasions, but uh, I was drinking heavily, didn't care if I lived or died. And uh, um, so I finally called Western Michigan Teen Challenge <laughs> and uh, they said, you know, come on up, you know, and, and uh, we'll, we'll take care of you, you know, we'll, we'll put you in God's hands. And the uh, uh, one thing uh, I hold I hold fast to in, in my walk with God is that God's greatest gift is love. Um, and uh, without the love of uh, my brothers here, 
the pastor's teaching at, at Western Michigan Teen Challenge, um, and the love of all of you. Truly, uh, I wouldn't be here. And uh, I've been there at uh, Western Michigan Teen Challenge for seven months now. It is the longest time that I've been without drugs or alcohol for over 27 years. Amen. Amen. Thank you for hearing my testimony.
Good morning, church. Uh, my name's Andrew. I'm 24 years old from Milwaukee area, Wisconsin. And um, looking back, and my first addiction was really approval. Um, I was always concerned about what everyone was thinking. And my identity was wrapped around what people thought of me. And so in high school, I didn't really apply myself to my you know, schooling. And so consequently, when I graduated, my parents didn't want to send me away for college. And so I had to go to a commuter school. And, and instead of being grateful, I was really bitter. I wanted to have that college experience, the freedom. Even though I, I believed in God and, and, and Jesus, I, I still just wanted to experience that. And so I decided uh, to have my own college experience. And I started drinking with friends. And, and it just, I had I'd started this really unhealthy habit of drinking and, and, and hiding it from my parents. And, and so that kind of took over. I started to do it whenever I could get it. And, um, and then someone introduced me to marijuana. And I just, I fell in love with that escape, the not having to deal with, with what people are thinking. And, and it just numbs you. And, and the thing is, when you smoke a lot of marijuana, you lose your passions, you lose your responsibility, you lose your drive for whatever you're doing. And, and so it wasn't before long before I dropped out of college. I was going to school for music, and, and I just fell out of love with what I was doing. And so I was working two jobs, still kind of trying to make it, and I was living with my parents, but I was still trying to live this lifestyle and manipulating and lying. And finally, they had enough of it, and um, they decided to kick me out. And um, that's when life got really dark, really depressing. I, it, it was like I didn't know how to enjoy life. I didn't know how to be happy. I, did, I, I just had to escape. And so every day was just a, how can I not feel normal? Because I was just depressed. And, and I got evicted from that place. And, and I moved in with some people that I thought were my friends, but they were really people that just supported my habits. And, and man, um, that's, life really, really took a dark, dark turn. But God had his hand on me the whole time. And, and I can just see his timing and, and how he saved me from that because at the right time, we got evicted from there and my brother invited me to live with him. And I'm so thankful for that because that exposed my problems to my family because I'd been lying to them the whole time. But that also exposed that to myself that I had a problem. Uh, the event that led me to Teen Challenges, one night I decided to go drinking instead of going to work. And um, I'm not really quite sure how I got home, but my brother found me passed out in the back alley. And that was the wake-up call that I was like, okay, I, I need help. And that it was okay that I needed help. And, and I was ready for Jesus. And, and I came to Teen Challenge, and I've been here for almost 10 months, and it's been the best thing that God has ever had for me. I always say, it, you know, the best decision I've ever made, but it's always God having his hand on my life and he bringing me here. And I'm just so thankful for that because now I'm not, my identity isn't wrapped around what people are thinking. I only care about what God thinks of me. And he sees me as righteous, holy, and clean because of the blood of Jesus. And I'm just so thankful, so thankful. So thank you for hearing my testimony. Thank you for all your support. I appreciate it. Good morning. My name is Eugene. I'm 46 years old. And I used crack cocaine for 25 years. Um, started my addiction, started out kind of early. Um, I too was a preacher's kid, and I, my father was a chief of police, so I had the double PK on me, preacher's <laughs> kid and policeman's kid. And so I, um, you know, a lot of the kids didn't like me because of who I was, and I wanted to fit in, and I didn't really want to live up to the expectations that the two PKs, you know, held. So I started 
reaching out to the streets, and I started gravitating to, you know, searching for an identity, searching for myself. And in doing that, um, I started off with marijuana, and it progressed on to, you know, alcohol and so forth and so on until um, I was in a 25-year crack addiction. Um, and during that time, I fell in love with the things of the world, um, the cars, the money, the clothes, the women, the, you know what I'm saying, just, and, and I realized today that it wasn't just my drug addiction, I had a sin problem. Um, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, and all its sinful cravings consumed me. Um, Romans 12, 2 says, be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. And today, I can see God working in my life. Um, the activating event that led to me coming to Teen Challenge was I was, on August the 21st of 2016, I was arrested and was facing 35 years in prison. Um, and I cried out to God and I asked God to remove the sin out of my life and to get me out of the bondage and the, you know, the, all of the madness that I was caught up in. And in crying out, I sat in um, the county jail for 10 months and my attorney, thank God, um, was led to Teen Challenge. And when she presented the information to me, I looked at it and I was like, oh, I don't think I could do that. <laughs> Um, but after I prayed about it and she brought me some more programs, I saw the Teen Challenge was the place because it's centered around God. It's centered around the love of Jesus Christ. And that's the void that I needed to fill in my life. So I'm just grateful to be there today. I've only been there going on two months, but I see the transformation that God is making in my life. And I'm just so grateful to God be the glory for the things that he has done. Thank you for hearing my testimony. Hello, uh, my name is Cleveland. Um, I am 34 years old, I live in Muskegon, Michigan, um, and I was a heroin addict for 10 years. Um, <laughs> I, I grew up as a, a Navy brat. My father was in the Navy and um, had a lot of structure and rigidity in my life. Um, but at six years old, uh, Two of the neighbors decided to physically abuse me in many different ways, and uh, that changed my life, obviously. Um, I, I didn't talk about it until I was 16 years old. By then, I had already lost my self-esteem, stopped caring about life, uh, gained a lot of weight, and gave up on everything academically. Um, I, I tried to move on with my life. I tried to make the best of it. Um, at 25, I, I got married, and this woman led me to church, and um, I, I, I fell in love with God. I, I, I tried really hard to, to, to make something of it and to, to go somewhere, and uh, I actually was preaching at a church for a while. The uh, church let me do that, and um, it was going really good. And, we had a son together, and at uh, three months old, he was, he was really sick, really colicky one day, and I thought that if, if I could help him vomit, maybe he would feel better. So I put my finger down his throat, and I, I tried to induce vomiting, and 
I accidentally scratched his throat with my nails, and um, we took him into the hospital, and nothing was wrong. He was, he was fine. He was drinking and eating, and everything was okay, but the doctor's responsibility is to report it, and uh, I was arrested that night, and um, three weeks later, I was uh, charged with second-degree child abuse, and my son was taken away from me permanently. Um, and that's where it, my life really fell apart for me. Um, my, my wife and I soon divorced after that. We, we tried battling to get my rights back, but she, she, wanted, she wanted to be a mom and staying with me, she was being denied that. So she, she divorced me and rightly so. Um, and then I, I, I started bouncing around from job to job and various relationships and ended up getting into this uh, one position where I, I met a girl and that's when I, I fell into the heroin addiction. And uh, I don't need to go into details on that. It, it, it got dark, it got bad, and I, I almost died multiple times. Um, her and I actually had a daughter together but quickly got her taken away due to drugs being in her system. Um, and uh, I ended up homeless, living on the street, and thank God, one night I was sitting, not knowing how I was going to make it through the next day, how I was going to eat, and out of nowhere, God spoke to me. He said, Cleve, I can give you the strength to get through this. I can lift you up, and I can take you where you need to go. And I... <laughs> I called uh, rehab the next day, and uh, two weeks after that, I called Teen Challenge and was accepted, and I learned that, that what God spoke to me was Philippians 4.13, God, God can strengthen all through him, um, and uh, I've been at Teen Challenge for two months, and I've never been happier. I'd like to look at the Word of God with you for a couple of minutes at least. Luke chapter 15. And Father, we just ask you as we look into the unsearchable riches of Christ that you would reveal to us truth, Father, that would strengthen us and encourage us and even draw people in, Father, that don't know you like they should. Your word has the power to do that, Lord. It is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. And we just pray that you would have your way. We sang about it earlier. We've listened to stories of life changes. Now let it be ours, Lord, that you reach into our heart and you do what you want to do with our lives because we know that is where true satisfaction comes from is being in fellowship with you. Have your way in these moments, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Luke 15, verse 11. If you could turn me down just a little bit, please. Then he said, a certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. So he divided to them his livelihood, and not many days after, the younger son gathered all together, journeyed into a far country, and there wasted his possessions 
with prodigal living. But when he had spent all, there arose a severe famine in that land, and he began to be in want. Then he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into his fields to feed swine. And he would gladly have filled his stomach with the pods that the swine ate, and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger? How many know that we can be our own worst enemy? Our choices, our wants, our desires can cause us some of the greatest problems in life. I thank God for free will, but our free will, our ability to choose, can often get us into a really bad situation. And this young man wanted his inheritance early. He wanted what he was entitled to, but he didn't want to wait for it. And no doubt he had been thinking about that money and thinking about what he was missing. And he got his head in that, and that's how this progresses, as you get your head in things you shouldn't want. And pretty soon thoughts become actions, and that's what happened. And he went to his father and said, give me what's coming to me. And his father didn't hesitate. This is no doubt a picture of our Heavenly Father and how even though it's not best for us, God has given us the ability to choose to walk away from Him, to walk away from His provision, to walk away from His presence. And the Bible says in Hebrews 11 verse 25 that there is pleasure in sin for a season. Uh, If we act as if sin isn't fun, we're deceiving ourselves. The reason we do it is because it's pleasurable. The problem is that pleasure is seasonal, and it ends abruptly and quickly. On the way up here, we were noticing all the ferns are dying, and some of the leaves are changing colors, and seasons are changing. And sin is like that. And once you've spent everything, and you find yourself empty, because sin never satisfies, it it promises that, That's the advertisement that it's going to make you happy. It's going to satisfy you. If only you had this. If only you had that. If only you had that job or or this car or that home, that you would be happy. And it allures you that way, but it's an empty promise, and you end up empty, just like this young man. And one day this man came to himself because he was now feeding pigs Now, to the Jewish audience that Jesus would have been speaking to, this would have made the hair on the back of their neck stand up because it was the lowest job you could possibly imagine. And he's looking at these pigs and what they're eating, and he wants what they have. How many have ever seen what pigs eat? Now, listen, I'm a bacon lover. My wife made breakfast yesterday and burned the bacon. I said, all bacon's good bacon. You know, there, there isn't such a thing as bad bacon, but how God takes what they eat and turns it into that, I'll ha- I have no idea. Because bacon's good, but what pigs eat is really disgusting. And this guy's looking at what they're eating and wanting to eat that. I just want to use this as a, as a picture, a portrait of how bad life can get when you're away from the Father. The psalmist said, in your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand is pleasures forevermore. That's the difference between the pleasures of sin, which are seasonal, and the presence of God, which is eternal pleasure. That's the difference. And when we take a short-term solution to our wants and our desires, 
and we pay the price of fellowship with the Father, we find ourselves in some of the lowest places imaginable and even beyond. Can I get someone from this front, second row here to, to verify that we go beyond what we ever thought we would do? People talk about rock bottom, but the, the problem is there is no rock bottom. You, you think you're at rock bottom, and then the floor falls out. I mean, that's sin's nature is to just take you further and further and further into the depths of destruction to where you're looking at something disgusting and wishing you had it. He's looking at pig slop and saying, man, that looks good. You know, and, and the thing is, is he wanted what the pigs had, and the pigs, we can get so low, pigs don't even want what we have when we're in sin. I was thinking of uh, Luke chapter 8, verse 33, and it says, The demons went out of the man and entered the swine, and the herd ran violently down the steep place into the lake and drowned. Here was a guy that had a legion of demons in him, and Jesus comes and, and kicks them all out. And the demons are like, we're going to the pigs. And the pigs wouldn't even handle what the man had going on inside of him. The pigs are like, this is crazy. And so they ran down the embankment and, and drowned. They, they wouldn't even live a few moments with what this guy had been tolerating all this time. Isn't it? That, that's how far sin can take you. That's how far being away from God can take you, that you want things that are disgusting. You want the things that pigs are eating, and the pigs pity you. The pigs don't even want what you have. The pigs know better than to get into what we get into. And that's where this guy's at. And I've met women who shot heroin, smoked crack, prostituted themselves while pregnant. Uh, I know mothers that have walked away from their children because of the depth of sin they've been pulled into. I know men that have abandoned their families that would steal from their own flesh and blood. I mean, when life takes you to a point where you have no more moral compass, no more sense of right and wrong, that's what happens when we get away from God. But here's the good news. The rest of the story is after he came to himself, he said, you know what? My father's servants have it better than I do. I'm going home. Somebody say, I'm going home. Amen. And so he comes, he says, I'm going home. I'm going to just ask dad for a job. You know, I'm, I'm not even wanting the status I once had. I just, when you have been with the father and then you've come away from the father and fallen into a situation like this, you'll take any job in the church. You'll beg the pastor to be an usher. You'll, you'll beg him to clean the bathrooms, anything. Just let me be the doorkeeper in the house. So I just don't want to be away from my father anymore. This is madness. This is crazy, being away from him when my father's servants have it better than I do. It doesn't make any sense. Why did I choose these things that have now got me in such a miserable place? I'm going home. I'm going home. And he says, I'm just going to go beg for a job. I'll just take anything, whatever he's got. And he goes home. And the beauty of the story is the father is, is looking down the road, waiting for him. You know, I, I had to let him go because he has his own will. And, and see, there's two sons in the story. We didn't read it all, but you, you may know that the second son stayed home, but 
he was also distanced from the father. And if, and if the father would have just let the younger son made him stay home, he'd have had an attitude, he'd have been bitter, and he'd have still been distant. You can be in the place where God is and still be away from him. You can go to church week after week after week, read your Bible, pray, fast, do all of it, and be away from God. And so he allowed the, the young boy, the younger son, to go and spend everything and get to that place. How am I doing on time? We got time? Okay. And get to that place where he wanted nothing more than just to be with the father. And so he came home. It's interesting. He left saying, give me what I got coming. He, come, he came back saying, make me. Just make me what you want. Whatever you want from my life, Lord. That's all I want now. And the father sees him coming and meets him in the driveway. He says, my boy's home. And he hugs him and he kisses his neck. And the boy's just about to start a speech and the father is like, hold on a second. Kill the fatted calf. We're going to eat and be merry. My son that was lost is found. He was dead, but he's alive again. In fact, put a robe on him and put sandals on his feet and put a ring on his finger. We're going to give him a place of priority. We're going to give him a place of honor because he's come home. It's so easy coming back to God. The way to get going is to get going. It concerns me when people make salvation more difficult than it is. Jesus took people where they were at, man. He didn't say, now you get yourself together and you know what, your tie doesn't even match your shirt today and you got to get yourself together and then come back and we'll talk. You got to get all the vices out of your life, all the addictions out of your life. You got to get rid of all that stuff and then come back and we'll talk. No, he says, come now, let's reason together. Though your sins are as scarlet, they'll be as white as snow. Though they're red like crimson, they'll be as wool. If you're willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. If you refuse and rebel, you'll perish by the sword. Choice is ours. Come home. And, and he says, I'll wash away every sin. I'll, I'll give you a place of honor. Do you know the Bible says in heaven that there's more rejoicing over one sinner that repents than 99 who don't need to repent that day? Heaven throws a party every time somebody says, I'm coming home. And I think if we're not careful, we can make it more complicated. It's a simple gospel. It's a simple gospel. I had some students be my prayer team in chapel last week, and I said, are you comfortable leading people to Christ? You know, you've accepted him. You, it, the pastor doesn't need to do this. And, and I said, there's basically two things. I'm asking for forgiveness, and I'm asking Jesus to lead my life from this moment on. I said, you can build your, your discussion with them around that, but that, that's it. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Pretty uncluttered, uncomplicated. Come as you are. Bring your vices, bring your addictions, bring your hurts, your habits, your hang-ups. Bring them all to him. He must have been a, a sight to see. He'd been hanging out with pigs. You know, he must have come back and dirty and disheveled and broke and stinking. And the father wraps his arm around him and said, no, we're going to have a party because you came home. You're my son. You're my son, and it broke my heart when you left, but I had to let you go. But I'm so glad you're home now. I'm so glad you're back where you should be. 
in his presence where there's fullness of joy. At his right hand, pleasures forevermore. Would you bow your head for a minute? I'm endeavoring, I'm not going to embarrass anybody, but if you just want to make Jesus your Lord today, you just want to commit your life to him, and I don't know if you've ever done that before or if you've done it and you just need to come back home. Nobody's looking around. This is between you and God. But the arms of the Father are open wide, and he's just waiting to bless you. He's just waiting to lavish his love on you. I'm not saying all your problems are going to go away today because you respond to this, but I am saying there's him who sticks closer than a brother that will walk with you through every season of your life, and you will be fine. Everything will work out if you just surrender your life to him. So if you say, Pastor, I just want you to pray for me that Jesus would be my Lord today. I'm not going to embarrass you, but would you just shoot your hand up real quick? Thank you, thank you. Several hands. Thank you. Father, I just pray for these half dozen people who raise their hands signifying that they just want to be with you and maybe they felt disconnected. Father, would you just wipe away every stain, every poor decision, every sin, every wrong, would you just wash it all away right now? According to this gospel that we preach, we confess our sin. You're faithful and you're just to cleanse us from it, to wash us from it, to make us a new creation. And I believe that for these that have raised their hands. In fact, everyone in this room that's willing, would you just pray with me? And you six that raise your hand, just, just pray this simple prayer. Jesus, forgive me for all that I've done. I'm coming home. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Lead me from this point all the way to forever. Write my name in the Lamb's book of life. Amen. Amen. I want to do one more thing. If you've heard these stories of addictions and some of the things these men have been through and maybe you yourself are struggling with something. I don't know, a couple months ago was it, we were doing a rally and a young lady came up to us, handed us a bottle of narcotics and uh, the guys were like, whoa, it was you actually, wasn't it? <laughs> she said to him, can I give you something? He said, as long as it ain't drugs. And she handed him a bottle of drugs. And so they, they found me and we prayed with her and turned out she was a prostitute. Her kids were all on drugs. The, the house she lived in was just messed up. But someone invited her to church that day. And we just prayed a simple prayer with her in the basement of that church. And I believe God changed her life. And so if you're struggling with something, listen, there's no shame in God's house. There's no shame in here. Nobody who would judge you has a right to judge you. But if you're struggling or you know somebody, maybe you have a son or a daughter or a neighbor, a cousin, a friend that you're concerned about, what I'm going to do is have you just maybe, if you're willing, if you want someone to pray with you, just to stand where you are, and I'm going to dispatch these guys to come and just agree with you and pray a simple prayer. So if you're just worried about somebody, somebody you know is addicted, or you just need God to move, we're going to just intercede for a minute. If you just stand right where you are right now.
we'd like to pray with you before we there's a young lady back here young lady right behind you please young woman over here and in the back so you guys you got your work cut out Chad and Tyler if you'd help out too power of intercessory prayer. Amen. Let's just, just begin to pray, guys. Let God lead you. Just begin to pray. Just begin to pray. We lay claim to him in Jesus' name. The whole church, if you're, if you're willing to, if you're near them, lay a hand on them. If you're not close enough, just aim a hand that direction. Let's just begin to pray. Let's lay claim to people that are in need of God right now. church and there's people still standing alone if you'd help me out there's a young man up here I'll make sure everybody gets prayed with God do it get a hold of them break down every barrier Lord free them deliver them in the name of Jesus, break every chain, break every bondage, shatter every shackle. My God, in the name of Jesus, we pray the prayer of faith. We believe you, God, that you are more powerful than any drug. You're more powerful than any addiction. God, you can do it. We turn to you in faith. We believe you, God. In fact, we rejoice ahead of time. We thank you for what's being done in this moment, God. Sons and daughters are coming home, Lord. Conviction is setting in. Life-changing conviction. Repentance, God. Because of these prayers right here, God, I believe you're on the move. You're listening and you're responding, God. And we thank you for that. We thank you, God. We're just excited to hear the reports. We're excited to hear the testimonies, Lord. Devil, you have nothing that you can do against the prayers of God's people. There is nothing that can stop God from intervening on behalf of his people. And so we just lay claim to the promises of God. Every one of them is yes and amen. God, in Jesus' name, comfort the hearts of these mothers and these fathers and these spouses and these co-workers and these cousins and nephews and uncles and whoever else, Lord. Comfort the hearts of these people that are standing in the gap at this moment. Give them the faith to know that you are on the job and you're going to see it all the way through to glory. Thank you, Father. Can you just give God a clap of praise this morning? Pastor. We pray you enjoyed this message. If you would like to partner with Mount Hope Church, you can make your tax-deductible donation online at gaylorchurch.com. From there, just click on Give Online Now. Thanks for listening. We can't wait to be with you again next week.